Can I just start beeping? <laughs> hey, uh, it is it is good to be with you tonight. Um, and uh, as Sid has already told you, my name is not Sid Drew. Um, uh, my name is Patrick Tabano. I'm I'm a pastor here in town, uh, over at University of Presbyterian Church, which is how many of you know where Milagros is? Of course. Um, right behind Milagros. And uh, as Sid did mention, if, if you don't have a church home already, uh, we'd love to have you uh, come over on a Sunday morning uh, and worship with us. Uh, it would be a blessing. Uh, this evening I want to open God's Word for you. I want to invite you uh, not to turn to the Old Testament. Some of you might be really disappointed. Other of you might be breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, open in the New Testament, if you have a Bible, to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the text I'm going to read tonight is really short. Um, we're going to kind of build up towards the text uh, as I make a, a couple comments about the context that's going on. Uh, and, as fine as, and, and as we kind of put a little context to, to Paul's words, um, as you've already heard uh, from Eric and from Brian and uh, tonight we're going to talk about boasting. Uh, you know, if, you, if you think about it, you know, boasting is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, nobody likes a braggart. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's always kind of uh, telling you how great they are uh, or trying to earn your approval, uh, who's always going on and on about their own accomplishments and ability. Uh, but yet at the same time, I think each and every one of us recognizes that uh, within our own hearts, there's that very tendency, right? Uh, that tendency to prop ourselves up. That desire, sometimes appropriate, sometimes inappropriate, to be recognized for who we are, for what we've done, to be noticed. Um, and so we're going to talk a little about that uh, from God's Word tonight. Um, and I really want to ask three questions, uh, and see how the text of Scripture answers these questions for us. And those three questions that I want us to think about is, why do we boast? What, what's going on with our boasting? Second, what does that boasting reveal about our hearts? What's it reveal about my heart? What's it reveal about your heart? And, and third and finally, how can our boasting be transformed? Transformed into something beautiful, something healthy, something beneficial to not only ourselves, but to all the people that God places around us. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to read verse 17 and 18 for you, um, and then we'll, we'll pray together. The Apostle Paul says, But let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. you pray with me? Lord God, we do thank you so much for the mercy that you would show us simply in revealing yourself to us. And speaking to us through your word, and most fully through the person and work of your son Jesus. 
So right now, we ask that you would send your spirit, that you would open our eyes, that you would fill our hearts, that you would help us to hear your voice, to see your face, and to be changed by your gospel of grace. And we pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to I take you guys back uh, to my freshman year of high school. Uh, some of you may remember your freshman year fondly. Some of you may be tirelessly trying to scrub every memory of everything high school, your freshman year in particular, uh, out of your memory. Uh, but one of, one of the memories that I still have uh, about high school was at the end of my freshman year. Uh, you know how they kind of have that end-of-the-year awards kind of banquet ceremony thing that always happens? And, Sometimes they're for sports, and sometimes they're for academics, and sometimes they're for whatever. Well, at the end of my freshman year, uh, I was nominated for an award. And uh, I got pretty excited, you know? Uh, I was a freshman. This is awesome. Uh, Somebody's going to recognize me for for who I am, for what I've done. Uh, I kind of had this... Uh, this grand idea in my mind that after this night, every single upperclassman on campus was going to know who I was and be talking about me for the rest of my high school career, right? And, and uh, it didn't take long for, kind of, for this excitement to quickly kind of turn into an inappropriate arrogance and pride, right? And so for a couple days, uh, I kind of stewed on that, uh, stewed on how wonderful I was, how amazing I was, and uh, at the glory that it would be for everyone else to see it. And uh, it's kind of interesting because the night that the awards banquet actually happened, I got there, and all of a sudden, my heart started to change. Rather than excitement, I was just overcome with this flood of fear. And it wasn't just fear over not getting the award. It was fear about actually getting the award. As I started to think about what would actually happen if my name was called, right? And practically, it all started to make sense. I'd have to get up out of my seat. I'd have to walk from the back of the auditorium all the way to the front. I'd have to climb this flight of stairs... I'd have to shake the principal's hand without looking completely awkward. And I just started thinking about all the things that could possibly go wrong. How I would trip, or how I would look like a fool, or how my parents would stand up and completely embarrass me, right? And it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Kind of how how quickly our hearts and how, how how quickly our attitude can change. And what was going on in that moment? Why the sudden change in heart? My heart, on either side of the evening, was really yearning for one thing. It was yearning for approval. Yearning for the acceptance of others. Here I was, you know, an insecure freshman, Wondering who I was. Wondering what it was, if there was anything at all that made me significant. 
that set me apart, that gave my life value. And as a result of that, that desire, that yearning for acceptance, one moment I'm consumed by pride. And the very next moment, I'm crippled by fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of not being able to measure up to the standards of my peers. Perhaps you found yourself in a similar place. You know, perhaps you know that cycle of pride and fear. You know the weight of trying to gain the approval of others. And Paul is speaking into that reality tonight. The first question that I want us to think about is why do we boast? And boasting is oftentimes simply an attempt to gain approval of others. That's what we're about. That's what we're after in that moment. And oftentimes it's a product of our own uncertainty and fear, right? And we see this throughout the letter of 2 Corinthians. The context here is that a group of false teachers has actually come into the church of Corinth and they begin to teach a gospel other than the gospel that Paul was preaching. And as a result, what they're trying to do is undermine not only the message of the Apostle Paul, but also undermine his ministry. And the way that they do this is they enter the church. Paul founded the church in Corinth, and now he's off somewhere else, planning a new church. And so they come into this church, and what they do is they begin to boast. They begin to boast about how wonderful they are. The things that they have done in other places. The gifts that they have, the ministry they have, how articulate they are, how charismatic they are, how wonderful they are. And they begin to contrast themselves in every way to the Apostle. A man who we know from other points in the Scriptures didn't have a great physical appearance. He wasn't an eloquent speaker. By the standards of society, there's nothing impressive about him. And so these false teachers begin to play this comparison game. They wanted everyone to know who they were, where they've been, what they've done. They wanted others to recognize their gifts and their accomplishments. And they did this by disparaging the Apostle, by comparing themselves to him. The false teachers, by doing this, if you think about what's going on, is that they're seeking to determine, they're seeking to prove their greatness, their importance, their worth. They're seeking to measure the worth of the Apostle, of every single one of the Corinthians, by comparing accomplishments. And if you think about it, this is exactly what our culture does as well. 
we're not that far removed. How do we determine someone's significance? We usually look at the extent of their influence or the level of their accomplishments. How does our society determine somebody's value and worth? We look at what they can do. Essentially, in doing this, what we're doing to one another is commodifying each other. We're measuring somebody up when we meet them. What would friendship with this person offer me? What do they have to offer? And we're seeking constantly to prove to other people what we have to offer. Paul speaks into this reality. A reality that one moment leaves us looking down on others, and the next moment leaves us hating ourselves. A reality one minute that leaves us boasting and arrogant through comparisons, and another moment wishing that we, in fact, were somebody else. Different gifts, different personality, different looks. Minds the Corinthians in chapter 10 just how foolish this is. Just how destructive it is to their humanity, to their relationships. Why do we boast? We usually boast because we're simply trying to gain the approval of others. And underneath that is an unspoken assumption that our value, our worth, is determined by what we do, what we look like, or what we have. Why do I long so deeply for recognition? Why do I worry so frequently about rejection? Because deep down in my heart, in those moments, whether it was years ago as a freshman, or today as a pastor, it's because somewhere in the back of my heart I'm believing a lie. That my value, that your value is determined by what you look like, what you can do, how much you have to offer. And so this kind of leads to the second question I want us to think about. What does this sort of boasting reveal? And our boasting, what it actually reveals, is is it shows us exactly what we think gives our lives value and significance. It reveals the thing that you're trusting in more than anything. You're you're not going to hear me boasting about being a great football player, right? But if you put me in a room with other pastors and you listen to my conversation, even for a short length of time, you'll start to understand. You'll start to see where my identity is rooted. What are you most likely to boast about? What do you want others to notice about you? 
Maybe it's your looks. Maybe it's your grades. Maybe it's your charisma, your humor. How do you present yourself on Facebook? What do you want everyone to know about you? And chances are, underneath that question, revealed in the answer to that question, is the very thing you're trusting in more than anything. You know, boasting in this sense is kind of like a barometer for our heart. It exposes the places of pride. Exposes the things that we're trusting in more than anything else. In Proverbs 16, 18, see we will go back to the Old Testament, just not one of the minor prophets tonight. Proverbs 16, 18 tells us that pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, one time I kind of, it's kind of a ridiculous story, uh, but one time I heard a little illustration about a turtle uh, that wants to spend the winter in Florida. He's probably from like Ohio or something. That's where I grew up. And if you live in Ohio and you're a turtle, instead of hibernating, you want to head on down to Florida. But he's a turtle, right? So he can't just march all the way down to Florida. So he comes up with this great plan. He sees a couple geese flying over. He knows where they're headed, headed south, right? And so uh, he comes up with this idea. He convinces the geese to, to each hold on to one end of a rope while he clamps on. And the journey goes great. He's on his way to Florida. Until another turtle who's wandering down below looks up and in amazement says, Wow, that's incredible. I wonder who thought of that. And so the turtle up above can't resist taking credit. So he opens his mouth and as he falls back down, screams, I did! You know, and it's, Yeah, it's ridiculous. You can give me the sympathy laugh. Um, the destructive... Here, here's the point, though, of a turtle going to Florida being some geese. Um, the destructiveness of our own pride isn't typically that obvious, you know? Like, you open your mouth, and you, you don't kind of go visibly crashing down to earth, right? The destructiveness of our pride isn't nearly as obvious. But what Paul's trying to get us to see is that it's just as real. It's just as real. And it's real... It's real because the Apostle, you'll remember, has been teaching the Corinthians that they were created for a purpose. All of Scripture teaches us that we're created for a purpose. We're created to know, to be known by God. To love Him, to be loved by Him. And pride... Pride by its very nature draws us away from this relationship. The very relationship that you and I were created to be in. It drives us away from an appropriate and childlike dependence upon the Lord. And it severs us. It severs us in that respect from our only hope for life and satisfaction. 
It turns our gaze perpetually back in upon ourself. It reinforces this lie that your only worth, the only value, the only significance that you're ever going to be able to carve out throughout the course of your life is going to be determined by how much you accomplish, by what you look like, by what you can do, and by how much other people recognize it. Boasting reveals our places of pride. In that sense, it's kind of a backwards blessing. Because it helps us to see with incredible clarity what oftentimes we're unable to see. These places in our life that we're trusting. These places, these things in our life that we believe can give us value can make us important. And Paul speaks into this in the passage tonight. And the interesting thing, the interesting thing is that Paul doesn't tell the Corinthians not to boast. Earlier in the passage, in fact, he says, I'm not going to apologize, Corinthians, for boasting to you about what the Lord has done through me. just says that he won't boast beyond limits. And in the text that I read at the very beginning, we see what he means by this, what it means not to boast beyond limits. Verse 17, he says, let him who boasts, boast in what? Boast in the Lord. But I don't, I don't, I don't just want us to assume that that makes sense. I mean, what in the world does that mean? Sadly, Christians could be some of the most arrogant, prideful, and condescending people you'll ever meet. And that's exactly not what the Apostle is telling us to do. That's not who he's calling us to be. So what does it mean to boast in the Lord? Well, remember, remember that boasting is simply... Or boasting simply reveals the very thing that we trust in more than anything. Boasting in the Lord, therefore, is the acknowledgement that our deepest dependence, our deepest source of security, our deepest trust isn't in us. It isn't, any, it isn't in anything that you've ever done, that you will ever do. As Christians, it's in something completely outside of us. It's in the Lord. It's in Christ, who He is and what He's done. The Apostle Paul here in verse 17 is actually quoting from the prophet Jeremiah. See, he's not a minor prophet. He's a major prophet. Uh, It's the passage that Brian read to you earlier. Um, I'm going to read that passage again because I think it's helpful for us to understand what what, what Paul is saying. So Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. This is the... uh, Paul's actually quoting it here. Jeremiah says, Thus says the Lord, 
Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. It's a pretty practical exhortation. They're boasting in the very same things that you and I tend to boast in. But let him who boasts, boast in this. That he understands and he knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Christian, that's what we are to boast in. To boast in the Lord. You know, what does boasting in the Lord look like? In some respects, it looks a whole lot like what you guys do at RUF. On a Tuesday night. Boasting in the Lord looks like worship. In fact, the word in Hebrew that Jeremiah is using when he says boast is the exact same word in Hebrew that we typically translate as praise. Hallelujah. Hallel, praise. Yah, the Lord. And so to boast in the Lord is simply to praise the Lord. To give Him honor. To give Him glory. To give Him majesty. When we boast about something, when you boast about anything, what you're doing is you're giving that thing praise. When you boast about your favorite sports team, I'm a Browns fan, I can't boast about the Browns very often. What we're doing is we're giving them praise for something awesome that happened on the field or something awesome that maybe will happen one day in my lifetime on the field. When you boast about one of your friends, you're praising them. You're honoring them for who they are, who the Lord has made them. When you boast in yourself, you're just praising yourself. We boast in the Lord. We're praising Him for who He is, for what He has done for us. And so the last question, and really the the, the most important question that, that I want us to wrestle with tonight, is how... How is our boasting transformed? How are we changed from men and women who feel so deeply the impulse to boast? To want recognition. To desire honor. How are we changed from those sorts of people into people who are quick to praise the Lord? To have His name be the name that's upon our lips, not our own. To have His honor be the very thing that our hearts are seeking and desire, not our own. And Paul, Paul in this passage keeps pointing us back to the fact that the gospel, the message of the gospel is the only solution. It's the very thing that frees us from this sort of pride. And teaches us how to be men and women who boast in the Lord. If you think about it, at the heart 
of the gospel is the declaration that your acceptance, your approval before God, isn't based on anything you've done. It's not based on anything you will do for the rest of your life. It's based fully and completely on what Christ has done for you. We call this justification. And on a practical level, when we talk about justification, we're simply talking about the fact that we are. You are, through faith in Christ, made perfectly and eternally accepted. Once and for all, perfectly and eternally accepted by God. Not for what you do, but for what Christ has done. This acceptance has nothing to do with your gifts, has nothing to do with your abilities. It's not based on your accomplishments, but it's based on, it's rooted in the accomplishments of Christ. And when we get this, you know, in this reality, the fact that we are accepted by God through Christ, when this reality takes root in our hearts, there's no longer any reason to boast. We're changed in that moment from men and women who always feel the need to seek after the approval of others. And we're actually freed. Free to be men and women who, who aren't kind of measuring other people. Seeking to gain their approval, gain their love. But, other pe- but people who are so accepted, so loved by the Lord, that you're able to actually pour out into the lives of others. You're able to pour your life into the lives of others. Other people who are yearning, longing for acceptance. That's what the gospel does. All the boasting in the world will not be enough to gain our approval with God. But in Christ we find ourselves accepted. And this is what Paul says in verse 18, for it is not the one who commends himself. If you think about how how much time, how much energy we spend commending ourselves to one another. Commending ourselves before the Lord. Paul says it's not the one who commends himself who's approved. It's not going to get your approval. But the one whom the Lord commends. The one who finds acceptance through the finished work of Christ. The gospel offers us that. And the gospel not only frees us by reminding us that we are accepted, we are loved because of the work of Christ, but the gospel gives us a beautiful and a glorious picture of who God is. Doesn't it? 
It reveals to us the character of the God we serve. It lifts our eyes to His majesty and beauty. It sets our eyes on something more majestic than yourself. We're made to worship. You and I were made to boast, right? We're made to celebrate something. We naturally celebrate the things that we find good and beautiful. I used to think that green chili in a can was good. I moved to Las Cruces, I I discovered fresh green chili, right? And so all of a sudden there was something more beautiful. And so when I talk to friends and family back in the Midwest, you know, about the wonders of, of, of the local food, I go on and on. And that's what Paul is saying happens when we see, when we behold the beauty of Christ. We learn to boast in something so much more majestic than anything we could have imagined. And what you're doing as a group, what you're doing as an individual on this campus, when your boast is in the Lord, when you make that proclamation that He is more beautiful, that He is more valuable, that He is more satisfying to you, than anything else. What you're doing is inviting other people to taste and see. To know what you know. To boast in something outside of themselves. To boast in the Lord. Why do you boast? You already have God's acceptance in Christ. That boasting, our boasting, is transformed when we understand the gospel. When the gospel makes its way out of our heads and down into our hearts. You join me in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the fact that you would humble yourself, that you would come to earth, that you would live a perfect life, and that you would die in our place. And we thank you that our life, that our acceptance, that our approval isn't found in anything that we do, but it is found in you. We love you and we pray that this evening you would help us to rest and to boast in your work, in your work alone. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Can you guys stand and worship with us one more time?